<coughs> this is Forage Plus Academy. Wherever you are, riding your horse, mooching at the stable, picking poo in the field, or sitting down for a quick cuppa, plug in your earphones or hitch up your speakers and get ready to get expert about horse nutrition and management. I'm gonna love you all my life I'm gonna love you all my life Hi everyone, this is Sarah. I hope you've had an amazing time with your horse lately. Here in North Wales, we've had a few frosts so far, but no snow. I love snow for about five minutes. It looks really pretty. And then the reality kicks in. The fields get more churned up. Everything from filling hay nets to pushing barrows up the muck heap becomes a bigger challenge. We don't often get a lot of snow here in North Wales, but there have been years where the horses have been imprisoned by five foot high snowdrifts. Bit unusual here. If you live in Canada, you're probably going, that's usual. The year that we had the five foot high snowdrifts, Fari got stuck upside down in a drift after rolling. Lee and I had to pull him onto his sides by grabbing his feet. Good job he's more dog than horse and understood the humans were his rescue package. Feeding all horses in the winter becomes a challenge because we can't rely on grass and a small bucket feed with balancer added. So I have put together some top tips on winter horse feeding for you. Don't forget that as well as listening to these tips, you can download them as a really nice PDF document. The link for this is in the show notes and the PDF is completely free. So how do you make sure your horse has the right balance of nutrients to keep them healthy and active throughout the long, dark months? How do you ensure the right amount of calories keeps your horse at the right weight. Calories are often the easy part of horse feeding, but how do you know what nutrients and at what level they're needed in the daily diet to protect the health of skin, hooves, and maintain optimum horse health? There are many horse supplements on the market, but choosing which one will give your horse the winter minerals and vitamins it needs can be really confusing. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss the 10 tips that have meant my horses ooze with health throughout the toughest months of the horse owning year. Your horse needs the right fuel in the right amounts, just like a car to run correctly. Correctly fueling your horse is essential for resilient health, soundness and longevity. A car, when it breaks, needs new parts, which are easy to replace. A horse constantly needs to repair, replace, and in the case of a performance horse and young horses, build their bodies. A car uses petrol or diesel as fuel. Your horse uses nutrition. Horses usually gain their nutrition from three places. Water, forage, grass, hay and haylage, and bagged feed. Like humans, they need guaranteed amounts of protein, amino acids, vitamins, and minerals. Humans get their food from many different sources, but horses largely 
have to concentrate on one source. That source, of course, if you listen to my podcast, is forage. Many owners concentrate on the bagged feed their horse eats, worrying about which one is the best to feed. Owners are led to believe a bag of feed will have the main impact on their horse's nutrition and health. In reality, because of the amount of forage consumed, bagged feeds are a very small part of the horse's diet. Most of a horse's winter nutrition comes from hay or haylage. Most people have small fields and the grass gets grazed short. Some people are on a livery yard and they might have to keep their horse in 24 hours a day sometimes. Maybe they only have a turnout paddock that doesn't have any grass on it. So even if you're lucky enough to own a lot of land, horses will usually need supplemental feeding in the form of hay or haylage through the winter months. This is because even though there might be grass to eat, the nutritional value of that grass, particularly the protein levels, will plummet as the weather gets colder. After a frost, you may notice that your horse finds longer grass less palatable and will choose summer cut hay or haylage over longer winter grass. Low levels of protein in the diet will lead horses to be hungry. This leads to the overeating of feed as the body seeks to maintain the level of protein needed for good health. Then there is a balance of minerals. Hay and haylage are just dried grass and if the dried grass eaten is not balanced, neither is the overall diet. Farmers know that balancing diets to the grass and hay the animal eats is essential. The agricultural business has been balancing the nutrition their animals need to the forage eaten for many years because it provides them with healthier animals and better profit. Balanced nutrition for their cows and sheep means more milk and more meat, but it also means greater animal health and resistance to disease. This approach means farmers create the healthiest, most robust animals. Farmers know that calories alone won't get them there. Farmers know that quality protein, adequate vitamins and carefully balanced minerals make the difference. This approach is just as valid for horses. Sometimes because horses are kept on very small parcels of land, this approach becomes even more important and vital. At Forage Plus, We know the difference a forage-based approach makes to horses, which is why we carry out analysis of grass, hay and haylage. This is why our philosophy starts with the grass, hay or haylage horses eat. We scientifically test hundreds of samples of grass, hay or haylage that owners feed to their horses from all over the UK and Europe. That gives us an enormous database, a unique database from which to look at what the common insufficiencies are and what the common excesses are and how we can tinker with the horse's diet to match to the grass and the hay and the haylage that your horse eats. 
So in both winter and summer, the forage your horse eats makes up the greatest proportion of its diet. And it's vital to understand that that forage contains many nutrients. In fact, it's going to contain the most nutrients. It's going to be the place where your horse gets the most nutrients. In winter, when the weather is cold, horses will eat more forage. This is where they will get the greatest amount of calories, protein and minerals because it makes up the greatest proportion of the diet. Yes, a bucket feed may need to be given, but if you can match to the nutrients in the winter grass, hay or haylage eaten, you can boost the effectiveness of the chemistry which powers the health of your horse. Forage, grass, hay and haylage, has the greatest impact on what nutrients the horse is exposed to and what nutrients the horse is lacking in. So forage is where you should start and match to when feeding for your healthy horse. So after all that, you should now understand where the power of horse nutrition can be found. And I can tell you my top 10 priorities to keep my horses awesome and healthy throughout the winter. So number one, each year, the first thing I do is look at the grass, hay or haylage my horses are eating. The horse feed market is flooded with supplements designed to put a patch onto horse problems that have their roots in inadequate nutrition. The diet your horse receives should always start by looking at the forage first. This is the basics. By identifying what nutrients are missing or excessive in the base diet of grass, hay or haylage eaten instead of a patch, you get the optimum that livestock farmers have known about for years. These basics will give you better skin health, better muscle health, better hoof health, better digestive health, better immune health and more. So that's number one. Number two, test your winter grass, hay or haylage to determine the levels of all the minerals you need to balance your horse's daily diet. These minerals are calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, sodium, potassium, chloride, iron, copper, zinc, manganese, selenium and iodine. In winter, sodium insufficiency in particular can impact the amount of water a horse will drink. When temperatures drop, then horses often drink less anyway. If your horse already has a low consumption of water, then this cold weather behaviour can lead to slow gut mobility and the possibility of impaction colic. Colic is the dreaded thing that no horse owner wants in their life. Number three, use a forage focused horse feed balancer each day, which is matched to the common mineral deficiencies and excess in forage according to the Nutrient Requirements for Horses 2007 NRC. 
Many people use this type of balancer as a base for accurately balancing their horse's diet after testing. They add in the extra minerals, if needed, to this base as scoop amounts. Sometimes they even need to feed less of the horse feed mineral balancer being used as a base. Number four, know that if you can't test the forage your horse eats, then you can choose a forage-focused horse feed balancer, which has been formulated using statistical analysis of many hundreds of samples of forage from many sources and a wide geographical area. It is important that this statistical analysis has used a high level of results and has identified outliers so that the figures are accurate. Number five, and we're halfway. Understand that some minerals in forage are usually in excess and block the uptake of others. Calcium, iron and manganese are commonly at high levels in the grass, hay and haylage that horses eat. Because forage is the greatest proportion of the horse diet, these minerals often block the absorption of other minerals, meaning that horses can have relative deficiencies of these blocked minerals. Number six, know that calcium blocks phosphorus and magnesium. The right ratio of these minerals is crucial for health. As calcium is so easily provided in forage and through bucket feeds such as beet pulp and alfalfa, Forage Plus statistical analysis has identified that for adult horses it is best not to supplement calcium daily unless your forage analysis report says otherwise. Yet if you go to the feed merchant today and you have a little look and read some labels on the feed bags, you'll find that the most supplemented mineral in the feed that is fortified, or the supplements that you buy as horse feed balancers, the most supplemented mineral is calcium. And yet calcium is in huge amounts, usually, in our UK forage, and it's also in large amounts in beet pulp, which is a very common feed, in large amounts in the grass nuts, which again is a common feed, and large amounts in alfalfa-based feeds. So horses often have a large amount of calcium in their diets already from the hay, from the grass, from the forage that they're eating, and the other forage-based feeds that have become very popular over the last 10 years or so. Number seven, know that iron and manganese are often at high excess levels, which block the uptake of very important other trace minerals. The ratios between minerals indicated in the NRC 2007 document is as important as the minimum levels. As iron and manganese are so often in massive imbalance with copper and zinc, this results in these antagonist minerals blocking the uptake of these two minerals. Copper and zinc are vital for liver health, skin health, hoof health, digestive health and many other important biochemical reactions needed to run, fuel, build and repair body tissues. 
When choosing which minerals to supplement to balance horse diets, it is important to choose low iron, low manganese, but high copper, high zinc supplements so that the profile Forage Plus is identified in forage is matched and balanced. Number eight. Understand that feeding minerals matched to forage is even more important for horses under stress. Pregnant horses, mares with foals at foot, growing horses, exercising horses or horses needing extra support to maintain health need minerals balanced to the grass, the hay and the haylage they are eating. This sound nutrition approach is essential as every function in your horse's body depends upon it. Number nine, understand that unless you test your grass, hay or haylage, the best you can do is feed minerals that are matched to a statistical average of what is deficient across a large sample size. This statistical average cannot and should not be formulated to a small area or a county or region as an average. This is because fields, even next door to each other, will grow grass which can vary greatly in mineral content because grass mineral content reflects the health of the soil. The mineral content of the soil is determined by geography, but geography should not be used as the only factor in determining what minerals your horse needs. This is because the way the land has been cared for and what is grown upon it is often more powerful than geography. So the smaller the area that you're collecting your sample size from, the more likely there are there is to be a statistical bias. So we would never ever suggest that we look at one county, say Lancashire, and say, in Lancashire, this is the balancer you need. The area of Lancashire is too small for us to collect enough data that would be statistically accurate. And now the last one, number 10. And this is perhaps the one that people think about least. How do you look after your field or the pasture where your horses graze? This has been a biggie for me. Understanding that the soil is a community. In the soil, there is a host of organisms that need to be kept healthy. So the use of the land will affect soil pH. It'll affect mineral levels in the soil and the level of compaction, how squashed your soil becomes. Soil pH will affect the mineral uptake by the grass and often result in high manganese levels. Remember, manganese is an antagonist. It blocks the uptake of copper and zinc. And copper and zinc... You could write a book about what copper and zinc do. Compaction will affect mineral levels in the grass, reducing drainage and often resulting in high iron levels. Iron, that blocks copper and zinc too. Overgrazing will also affect the way the grass takes the minerals up 
into the leaves. Overgrazing weakens grass, so the roots become shallow and have less access to some minerals and uptake too much of the heavy metal antagonist minerals, such as iron and manganese. Mineral levels affect soil balance. Where the soil has been looked after and the balance of the minerals attended to carefully, then mineral levels will be very different in that field compared to a field where no attention has been paid to soil health and horses have compacted the soil or poached it through the winter. So those are the 10 things I think about and address when I'm feeding my horses through the winter. My formula for horse feeding takes account of all those 10 points and tests grass, hay or haylage or uses a forage focused approach because it's the only way to make sure that you're feeding the minerals, the protein, the vitamins, the omega-3 that your horse needs each day through the winter to keep it really healthy so that when you finally hit the summer, your horse just blooms with health. But be aware of the following. Mineral supplements that have a little bit of everything. A scattergun approach. A kind of fairy dust everything so that you read on the back of the bag that it's got everything in it. That scattergun approach will often mean you're over-supplementing unwanted antagonistic minerals and under-supplementing those important minerals required to balance a horse's daily diet. A ratio approach based on scientific analysis of many forage samples and a wide statistical average covering a huge area like the UK not just one county, not even just one region. That is going to be far superior. So what about regional balances? There can be huge variability in the mineral and nutritional composition of forage within a region and even between neighbouring fields, as I've described in my top tip 9 and 10 about soil. Without in-depth statistical analysis of the forage composition inside the region as well as the region outside of the specified area, there is a risk that any regional balancer has been formulated using a narrow and limited database. That makes it prone to statistical error and or error due to the presence of outliers in the data set. If you're in doubt, always ask to review the data for any balancer claiming to be based on statistical analysis. So that's all from me now. It's been great speaking to you again. Thanks so much for listening. But I've got to go out now and play with my ponies in the cold. Perhaps I'll be playing in a magical snowy winter wonderland. I haven't looked out the window yet, so I don't know. Don't forget to find the link to the PDF of this podcast in the show notes. It is a free gift from me to you and your horse. Next time, I'll be talking about feeding the older horse throughout the year. How do you keep weight on an elderly horse with poor teeth? How do you make sure they drink enough and have the right nutrients to keep them healthy and active right through their 20s and perhaps even into their 30s 
or luckily 40s. What issues do you need to look out for that might affect the health of an older horse? What's the best management strategy to keep an older horse mobile and free from problems such as colic? Owning my own elderly horse, Fari, who is in his late 20s, I know how precious these family friends are and how I would literally sell the shirt off my back to keep him happy and galloping around my fields. Happy winter wonderland galloping, everyone. Go out and have fun. Hug your horse and tell them they are truly, truly awesome. If you have loved this episode, please write a review of this podcast and share it to a horsey friend who you eat, sleep and breathe horse with. And for more wisdom on horse nutrition and management, visit our websites at forageplus.co.uk and forageplustalk.co.uk.